section forty seven of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter thirteen lord of love what law is this that me thou makest thus tormented be spenser they were returning by a different road from that which they had taken in going and had not proceeded far when they were suddenly hailed by a pedestrian from the side of the road and major waddell was immediately recognized the chaise was stopped and mutual salutations having been exchanged was about to proceed when the major entered so vehement a remonstrance against their passing his door without inquiring in person after his dear isabella that even uncle adam's flinty nature was forced to yield indeed as they were within a few yards of the gate it was scarcely possible for even uncle adam to hold out and accordingly preceded by the major the chaise turned up the romantic winding approach which conducted to the mansion black caesar bowing and grinning hastened to receive them and usher them into the presence of massa's lady who in all her bridal finery sat in the attitude of being prepared to receive her marriage guests having welcomed mrs and miss sinclair with a tone and manner of encouraging familiarity and my uncle too this is really kind i assure you i am quite flattered as i know how seldom you pay visits to anybody mr ramsay had entered with the heroic determination of not opening his lips during his stay he therefore allowed that to pass with a sort of scornful growl but mrs st clair in her softest manner took care to let her know that the visit was neither a premeditated nor a complimentary one and that she owed it entirely to their accidental rencontre with the major bless me major exclaimed the lady in a tone of alarm is it possible that you have been walking and the roads are quite wet why did you not tell me you were going out and i would have ordered the carriage for you and have gone with you although i believe it is the etiquette for a married lady to be at home for some time then observing a spot of mud on his boot and you have got your feet quite wet for heaven's sake major do go and change your boots directly i see they are quite wet the major looked delighted at this proof of conjugal tenderness but protested that his feet were quite dry holding up a foot in appeal to the company now how can you say so major when i see they are quite damp do i entreat you put them off it makes me perfectly wretched to think of your sitting with wet feet you know you have plenty of boots i made him get a dozen pairs when we were at york that i might be quite sure of his always having dry feet do my love let caesar help you off with these for my sake for my sake major i ask it as a personal favour this was irresistible the major prepared to take the suspected feet out of company with a sort of vague mixed feeling floating in his brain which if it had been put into words would have been thus rendered what a happy dog am i to be so tenderly beloved by such a charming girl and yet what a confounded deal of trouble it is to be obliged to change one's boots every time my wife sees a spot of mud on them now you won't be long major cried the lady as the major went off attended by caesar the major is so imprudent and takes so little care of himself he really makes me quite wretched but how do you think he looks this was a general question rather a puzzling one 
as ugly as possible thought gertrude who would have been much at a loss to combine truth and politeness in her reply luckily there are people who always answer their own questions when no one else seems disposed to do it and mrs waddell went on he certainly was much the better of harrowgate he was really looking so ill when he went there that i assure you i was very uneasy wan did he ever look weel was ready to burst from uncle adam's lips but by a magnanimous effort he drew them in and remained silent have you been lately at bloom park uncle for i understand there are pretty doings going on there mr ramsay's only reply was a deep sonorous hem and a bow something in the style of a bull preparing to toss we are just come from thence replied mrs sinclair immediately launching forth into raptures at all she had seen and tasted indeed exclaimed mrs waddell you have been either more fortunate or more favoured than i have been for the major and i went there yesterday and could get no admittance which i must say i thought very odd the people at the lodge had the impertinence to refuse to let us in which to be sure to a man of the major's rank in life and me a married woman was a piece of insolence i never met with anything to equal but i told them i would let you know of their behaviour i'm obliged to you was the laconic reply i really think they deserve to be turned off for their insolence turned off for doing their duty demanded uncle adam preparing to cast off his armour a strange kind of duty i think retorted the lady in equal indignation to exclude your nearest relations from your house and me a married woman and a man of the major's rank i never excluded you fray my house miss bell quoth uncle adam now divested of all restraint and disdaining to recognize her by her married appellation but if you mean that i'll no mac your mistress o my property you're perfectly right what's your business at my house when i'm no there myself what tax you there in a key of interrogation at least equal to a squeeze of the thumbscrew i think it was a very natural curiosity natural curiosity interrupted uncle adam now brimming high a bonny excuse or else no for breaking into other folks hoses i wonder what your natural curiosity will lead you to next i think you are much obliged to anybody that will take the trouble of looking a little after your affairs in that quarter for i must just tell you uncle that you are making yourself quite ridiculous by submitting to be plundered and cheated on all hands and and what if it's my pleasure to be plundered and cheated miss by the poor instead of the rich i really wish uncle you would recollect you are speaking to a married woman said mrs waddell with much dignity and that a man of the major's at that moment the major entered with a very red face and a pair of new boots evidently too tight you see what it is to be under orders said he pointing to his toes and trying to smile in the midst of his anguish it's lucky for you major i'm sure that you are for i don't believe there ever was anybody on earth so careless of themselves as you are what do you think of his handing lady fairacre to her carriage yesterday in the midst of the rain and without his hat too but i hope you changed your stockings as well as your boots major i assure you upon my honour my dear neither of them were the least wet oh now major you know if you haven't changed your stockings i shall be completely wretched cried the lady all panting with emotion good gracious to think of you keeping on your wet stockings i never knew anything like it i assure you my dear bell began the major oh now my dearest major if you have the least regard for me i beseech you put off your stockings this instant 
oh i am certain you've got cold already how hot you are taking his hand and don't you think his colour very high now i am quite wretched about you in vain did the poor major bow and protest as to the state of his stockings it was all in vain the lady's apprehensions were not to be allayed and again he had to limp away to pull off boots which the united exertions of himself and caesar had with difficulty got on i really think my wife will be for keeping me in a bandbox said he with a sort of sardonic smile the offspring of flattered vanity and personal suffering as he was quitting the room his aide-de-camp caesar entered with a mien of much importance and in his jargon contrived to make it known that something had happened to springs of massa ramsay's chaise that post-boy had gone to smith's to mend it and that smith said chaise to be mend for soonest two hours then i shall find my way hame myself cried uncle adam starting up for i'll no wait twey hours upon ony chaise that ever was driven in vain were all attempts to detain him he spurned the waddell carriage the waddell dinner refused even to wait till the major had changed his stockings in short would do nothing but take his own way which was to walk home leaving mrs and miss st clair to stay dinner and return in the evening no sooner was uncle adam's back turned than mrs waddell gave free scope to her indignation against him turning to gertrude i really think he is much worse than he was i don't think you have any credit in your management of him cousin unless he alters his behaviour i don't think it would be possible for the major to keep company with him did you hear how he missed me to-day me a married woman if the major had been present he must have resented it having at length exhausted her invective she next began to play off her airs by showing her house and furniture boasting of her fine clothes fine pearls fine plate fine connections and in short taking all possible pains to excite the envy of her guests by showing what a thrice happy married woman mrs major waddell was but mrs st clair had seen too much to be astonished at mrs waddell's finery and gertrude's more refined taste felt only pity and contempt for the vulgar sordid mind that could attach ideas of happiness to such things provoked at the indifference with which her cousin saw and heard all this she said i suppose cousin you are above regarding terrestrial objects now since you have been living so long with our good aunts i suppose you have learnt to despise the things of this world as beneath your notice i have certainly learnt to admire goodness more than ever i did before said gertrude quite unconscious of the offence she had given by her indifference oh then i suppose you are half converted by this time we shall have you one of the godly ladies next if you mean by godly those who resemble my aunts i fear it would be long before i merit such an appellation but although in comparison with them i feel myself little better than a heathen yet that does not hinder me from seeing and admiring their excellence to deny merit to others merely because one does not possess it themselves is a sin from which i shall ever pray good lord deliver me oh i see you are bit cried mrs waddell with a toss of her head i know that sort of thing is very infectious so i hope you won't bite me cousin for however it may do with missus i assure you it would never answer in a married woman and the major has no notion of your very good ladies he seems quite satisfied with me bad as i am are you not major to the poor major who once more made his appearance rebooted and trying to look easy under the pressure of his extreme distress 
now are you quite sure you changed your stockings major are you not cheating me caesar did the major change his stockings caesar with a low bow confirmed the important fact and that interesting question was at length set at rest mrs st clair was too politic to betray the disgust she felt but gertrude alarmed at the prospect of sitting audience for the day to the major and his lady expressed her wish to take a walk dear me cousin are you so vulgar as to like walking exclaimed mrs waddell i thought you would have been more of a fine lady by this time for my part i really believe i have almost forgot how to walk when one has a carriage of their own you know they have no occasion to walk and i suppose few people do it from choice you have quite spoilt me for a pedestrian major gertrude could not wait for the complimentary reply she saw about to issue from the major's lips but said as i am still so vulgar as to like walking though not so unreasonable as to insist upon others doing it you will perhaps allow me to take a peep at the beauties of thornbank by myself and she rose to leave the room when the major interposed and making a lame attempt to be agile oh impossible you must allow me to have the honour of escorting you now major cried his lady i must lay my commands upon you not to stir out to-day again it is a very damp raw day i am sure my cousin will excuse you turning to gertrude he had a most dreadful cold in his head last week i assure you i was quite frightened at it foo nonsense my dear said the major still hovering between delight and vexation nobody would have thought anything of it but yourself how can you say so major when i counted that you sneezed seventeen times in the course of an hour and a half and that's what he calls nonsense leaving the loving pair to settle this tender dispute gertrude contrived to steal away from them oh the luxury of solitude after the company of fools thought she when she found herself outside the house and alone End of section forty seven